don't think so. Danny said yes. Because he said so, that's why. want any home. All right. If you have your Bibles tonight, I invite you to turn to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33. Tonight, uh, talk about God being not fair but just. And there's a lot of things, there's just something about it, uh, perhaps uh, especially because we're Americans, uh, there, there's something inside that just wants justice. We, we want it for uh, folks in, in situations. We want criminals that do things wrong. We want them to face justice. We, we just think that things ought to work out right. Uh, sometimes they don't always, by the way, but that's our desire uh, is for justice, and uh, certainly is, as we look in the book of Ezekiel, remember that uh, Israel has been uh, led off captive now and have been in captivity in a foreign land for several years now. Uh, and um, we looked last week, or not last week, but two weeks ago, uh, at um, Ezekiel's uh, message to the people that, you know, of judgment, uh, and not only on uh, other nations that God certainly pronounced, but especially on Israel, uh, noting that they should have known better. Uh, and that kind of message continues up through uh, verse or chapter 33. And we're going to read all 33 verses of this chapter tonight. We're going to hit most of them. The beginning of the chapter is the, the watchman uh, message, a reminder, a, a, a theme earlier in the book that kind of says, shows us that, hey, listen, this is a, a one complete thought of Scripture. Uh, a watchman was someone who was to, you know, stand guard. Uh, and when they saw, you know, the, the enemy coming, they were supposed to sound the alarm. Uh, you know, they were supposed to be on alert. Um, and uh, God tells Ezekiel uh, in these beginning verses, Ezekiel, you have been chosen. I've appointed you uh, as a watchman. He says, listen, if a watchman sees danger approaching and puts it on people, you, you know, tells the people, and the people don't listen, then that's on them. And the watchman's clear. He did his job. But if the watchman sees evil coming and doesn't say anything about it, and so the people aren't warned, so they can't make preparation, then the fault and the guilt is on the watchman, the one that was supposed to be proclaiming uh, the message and, and warning uh, the people. Uh, and so uh, here again, that's kind of the, this is a book, the, the last of the bookmarks of uh, this section in the book of Ezekiel, uh, where he's reminded that, listen, Israel is getting uh, just what they deserve, uh, and it's not because God has left them. It's not because 
God is a big ogre in the sky waiting to pounce down and destroy people. Rather, the things that Israel was going through at this time is because of the choices that both the northern and southern kingdom had made. Remember, the, the northern kingdom got carted off by the Assyrians a couple decades before uh, Nebuchadnezzar came took all, and the Babylonians took off the southern uh, tribe of Judah uh, you know, as captivity. And then uh, Judah, the southern kingdom, is the, is the ones that Ezekiel and Isaiah uh, were ministering to. And so the, the Lord comes again uh, to Ezekiel. And he keeps saying, calls Ezekiel, son of man, reminding him that, hey, listen, I'm, I'm here for you. And they're, they're even through the midst, even while they're in captivity, God is still delivering a message. But unfortunately, the people are hard-headed and are not responding to it as the Lord would like for them to. Uh, and so we're going to begin looking uh, in, in verses 10 and 11. Uh, and to be reminded that God's uh, judgments are always just. In other words, everything that God does, he is justified in doing. We may not understand his wise, but his ways are perfect and holy. And the scripture says man's ways are not God's ways. God's ways are a lot higher. And we certainly do know that. And there are a lot of things about that God does that just we wonder about and by the way, we're not supposed to have it all figured out this side of heaven. We're only supposed to trust. It's part of what faith is, is not knowing and not understanding and yet still believing. Uh, that God has things put there for a reason and he's working things out. Verse 10 says, Therefore you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you say, if our transgressions and our sin lie upon us and we pine, and that word pine, I had to look it up because the way you're talking about a pine tree, but it means to rot. Uh, so really, to, so we rot away in them. How can we then live? Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die? O house of Israel. So after God reminds Ezekiel, says, listen, Ezekiel, you're the watchman. It's your responsibility to share this message. I want you to share it. And so, uh, and Ezekiel has been faithful to do it. Even when it was, Ezekiel's asked to do some crazy things. Uh, and he has some crazy visions that the Lord gives him to try to help people to understand what God is saying. And so he said, listen, I, what we want to see is that God is not this ogre in the sky. As a lot of people picture him just waiting to pounce on us anytime we do wrong. He does not take the light in punishing or, or to seeing uh, his people taken captive. And by the way, God allowed and God, the Bible says God sent the Assyrians and God sent the Babylonians. They were instruments from God's hand to bring judgment upon his people. That did not delight the, the Lord, just like a loving parent does not enjoy disciplining their children. Maybe your mom or dad said when they were about to beat the tar out of you, uh, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. No kid ever believes that. 
But if you've grown up and you've had children of your own, you understand, don't you, the truth in that statement. And it is harder to to discipline, I mean, to be on the giving end of the discipline sometimes than on the receiving end. After the whipping was over, over grounding was over, you know, now they have time out. My mom didn't know time out uh, growing up. Um, I don't think she would believe in it now either. Um, though, uh, but so a loving parent doesn't take joy uh, in discipline, but a loving parent does discipline their children, don't they? That the writer of Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews chapter 6 that who the Lord loves, he corrects. He chastens or disciplines. And there are times in all of our lives when we need the discipline of the Lord. And that is not necessarily a bad thing when it comes, but, friend, we better heed it when it does come. And so I think that's the... the, And so we want to understand that God is righteous and he's holy and loving and gracious. Most of us probably can sympathize with the Lord. Most of us, had we been in God's shoes, we would have wiped Israel out a long time ago. We would have said, Lord, just turn them all into pillars of salt, blow them away into the ocean, and start over. That's not what God did, though. God continued to send messenger after messenger after messenger after messenger after messenger, pleading with the people, come back. Isaiah, the the great prophet, warned the people. Jeremiah, you know, God sent all these men with the same message. Listen, you're heading in the wrong direction. Come back to the Lord or there's going to be some problem. There's going to be judgment. And so God's judgments are just. Now, a lot of times, Israel came to the point not long after their national history. They, they even during Ezekiel's day, and certainly during Jesus' day, thought, hey, listen, we're God's chosen people. It doesn't matter what we do or how we live. We do what we want to. We're still going to be God's. He's not going to do anything to us. He's just the good old grandpa in the sky. You know, it's all going to be fine and you know, but that's not at all what God said, was it? God said to Abraham way back in the book of Genesis when he gave the promise to Abraham, he said, Abraham, if you obey, if you follow my commands, if you, if you do what I tell you to, in other words, I will bless you and I will make you a father of many nations. He, he, on and on he goes, and he said, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. With every covenant that God made in the Old Testament, there was always a condition. It's that then the condition most of the time was, if you live for me, in other words, if we have this relationship together, if you do what you know you're supposed to do. But God also said, listen, If you walk away from me, there's going to be consequences to that. And so Ezekiel proclaims that message. And yet we find that just like people today, I'd say, well, that's not fair. I didn't get a fair shake. 
That's exactly what Israel did when Ezekiel proclaimed this message yet again. Take a look with me down in verse 17. It says, Yet the children of your people say, The way of the Lord is not fair. But it is their way which is not fair. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall die because of it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is lawful and right, he shall live because of it. Yet you say, oh, the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, I will judge every one of you according to his own ways. Reminds us that God's judgments are gracious. I'm thankful that I don't get what I deserve. That's what grace is, is getting, not getting what you do deserve. Every one of us deserves to split the gates of hell wide open. We deserve an eternity of torment, and yet God, because he loves us, offers us salvation. Not because we deserve it, not because we can earn it, but because of his love and his grace. So often we think of the Bible having a great divide. We think of the Old Testament as law, do, and the New Testament as grace and freedom. But we find in the Old Testament God's grace, perhaps even more than we do in the New Testament. Because God's great nature has not changed. He hasn't changed who he was. He's always been the same and he always will be the same. God is a very gracious God. People say, it's not fair. We're your people. We're supposed to get into heaven for free. You know, we're, you know, we've got this covenant deal, and why everything's supposed to be roses? We're supposed to have a promised land flowing with milk and honey, and why everything we do, we're it's just supposed to be blessed by God. God says, "Well, that's not quite how it works. That's how none of it was designed to work that." And so God says to Ezekiel, listen, the people are saying it's not fair, but they've been out in captivity for a decade now by the time Ezekiel gets to chapter 33. So it's not fair. They're having to endure this. And God says to Ezekiel, you tell them what's not fair is that I have blessed them and I have called them. I've raised them up as a chosen people and they've spat in my face. They've not done what they know they should do. It's one thing for sinners to act like sinners. In some ways, they don't know better, although there's something within every human being that knows the difference between right and wrong. I really do believe that because we're created in the image of God. The problem is, because of sin and because of its curse, we don't care if something's wrong or not. If we want to do it, we just do it. But most of the time, we know the difference between right and wrong. And yet God has clearly said in his word and clearly taught the people and showed them how they were to live. And they just disregarded it altogether. 
but God reminds that he's able to tell them if someone will turn from their wickedness and become righteous. And by the way, none of us are righteous by our own works and by our own deeds and own self-determination, but only by God's grace and by his enabling power of the Holy Spirit. But he said, listen, if people will turn from their wickedness, that means get away from it. Most of the time we'll say, Lord, forgive me for it, and we'll still sit around and waddle in it and then wonder why we haven't found freedom. Ezekiel reminds the people, listen, God will show great grace to someone who's a sinner and repents. God will forgive them every single time. They said the righteous one, the one that knows better, the one that has God's law and God's spirit, to him that turns from righteousness and turns to wickedness, he will surely die. Again, and he reminds us that, listen, it is not uh, unfair. It's quite gracious. Because what's fair for all of us is that we would stand before God condemned. Because we're as guilty as the day is long. Though every person in the county jail that's arrested for a crime, oh, I'm innocent, they got the wrong one. They're picking on me because I'm white or I'm black or I'm young. You know, they're just picking on me, trying to... Now, sometimes people really are innocent. But if the police catch you, for instance with the murder weapon in your hand and there's blood on your shoes, chances are you at least were somewhere you shouldn't have been. But chances are pretty good that you did some killing. And yet people that are guilty of sin stand before a judge every day, every weekday in the courthouse downtown and say, Your Honor, I'm not guilty. I didn't do it. Well, the truth of the matter is we all know that we're as guilty as can be. We don't like admitting it, but that's the truth of the matter. And the thing is, God knows we're as guilty as can be. And yet he says, if you confess your sin, I'll be faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you and to restore you. First John 1 John 1.9, but God says that same thing here in Ezekiel, doesn't he? If they'll turn from their wickedness, I'll forgive them and we'll, we'll be buds again. But if they keep on persisting, they're going to surely die. They won't be able to fight their way out of it. They won't be able to, you know, buy their way out of it. Their sin will find them So we need to understand that not only is God just, he is gracious. And so he says, I will judge every one of you according to his own ways. And that brings us to the last point. And that is that God's judgments knows our hearts. You see, it is not our intentions that God judges us by. 
I think deep down 95% of people really do have good intentions. They want to do what's right. That a lot of times doesn't pan out, though, does it? And it's not our intentions that we're judged by. It's our actions that we're judged by. So God says, I will judge each man by his own ways. And then drop down to the bottom of the chapter, verses 30 through 33. And this is what it says. As for you, son of man, uh, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and in the doors of the houses. They speak to one another, everyone saying to his brother, please come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. In other words, people are saying, listen, we need to, you ought to go to church. Go and listen to that preacher. So they come to you as people do, and they sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when this comes to pass, surely it will come. Then they will know that a prophet has been among them. God says, listen, I'm, I'll judge each of you by your heart. I'll judge you by your deeds, by your actions. And God knows whether we're sincere or whether we're not. We're approaching time, and I'm thankful for our uh, Easter Christmas only <laughs> folks. I'm thankful they come at least twice a year. Sometimes on Mother's Day, we... But we'll start to see more folks come, and, and I want to encourage you to be inviting folks to come to church. This time of year at Christmas, people are more receptive to an invitation to church than any other time of the year except for Easter. And so uh, take advantage of that and invite folks to come. Um, but that people come and they, you know, so shook Ezekiel's hand and said, Prophet, Good message, good, fine message today. And then as they left, went right out the door. And they went back just the way that it was. Just like in Ezekiel's day, can I tell you that if we come together in church and we hear God's word but it doesn't change us and we don't listen to it and let it affect our life, we have wasted our time. Now, I'm not saying that every message ought to convict us. Some ought to. And when it does, we need to deal with it and respond to the Holy Spirit. But we ought to come expecting the Lord to do something to for us, show us something. If there's sin in our life that we need convicting of, he'll convict us of it. There's decisions we need to make. The Lord will guide us and direct us on that. But it has to be us that says, all right, Lord, I'm willing to do that. I thought this morning about making the, Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. And when he really is the Lord, when he gives a direction, we follow it. If we know what's good for us. We can say, 
all day long. Nice message. Say, oh, I'm going to do that. What the priest talked about, I'm going to do it. And it's good that we make that determination, but we've wasted our time if we leave these doors and don't follow through on what we said we were going to do. And so the Lord reminds us and says, listen, God knows our hearts. He knows if we're playing platitudes, if we're just saying nice things, or we're, you know, we're showing up just for show. Or if we do something because we really want to. And by the way, if we're not doing it because we really want to, it won't last. If you guilt somebody into coming to church, you might get them here a time or two. But it won't last. But if the Holy Spirit draws somebody and they come on their own and they make a decision for the Lord and are really sincere, then guess what? It will last. The book of Ezekiel shows us in this message from Ezekiel chapter 33, and I encourage you to go back and read the entire chapter. We've just kind of hit the highlights. Reminds us that, listen, God is loving and gracious. And he wants only what's best for us. But listen, it's up to us. We decide. But it doesn't mean that even if we did every single thing the Lord asked us to do, and we lived a sinless, perfect life, which nobody can do this side of heaven, by the way. But if we were to do it, it probably wouldn't be enough, would it? Because without the Lord in our life, and without his grace and his mercy, and without our recognizing our need for it, we wouldn't have any hope. But praise God, when we recognize our need for God's mercy and God's grace, He's right there to dish it out. But as we receive God's grace and we receive God's mercy, that means that God has a hold on our life. He has title on our life. Like when you buy a house, you don't own it right away. You sign your name 40,000 times. But until you and you send a mortgage payment every month to the bank or to the mortgage company, the house is is your. I mean, it's you claim it's yours, but you know it's really not yours until the debt is paid in full, and the bank says sends you a letter says thank you for your thirty years of faithfully paying your mortgage and here's a free calendar. Um, Thanks for your business. Buy another house soon so we can get our hooks back into you again. Here's the deed to your house. When you have the deed to that house in your hand, then you truly, truly own it. But until then, you're just, though it's, it's yours, you're paying. It's not paid yet. The thing is that Jesus paid my sin debt and your sin debt in full. And because he paid that debt, that means he has the right to have the deed to our life. It's not us. We didn't pay squat, did we? We couldn't pay anything. We were just paupers. And yet he paid the price that I owed and that you owed for us because he loved us. And so we better understand that God's judgment is fair. And it's just, even when we sometimes proclaim that it's not.
because God is always just. He's always loving. He's always gracious. And I'm so thankful for that. I hope you are too. Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. And, and, and Brother.